Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. We are into uh, week six. Next week we wrap up this series. I hope you have enjoyed um, the Created to Create series as much as I have. We've been having fun bringing in different creative elements. We've had creative things on social media and online, and so, uh, it, you know, it, it's, we, we've got one more week of it, and I'm excited uh, about um, stepping into the, to the last week, and so, but every week we've been looking at this concept, so since version isn't working, um, you get the old school paper bulletins, or just pay attention to the screens, and we've looked at this concept that in God's hands, we are both a work of art and an artist at work. We're both of those things simultaneously. And, you know, if you've been a disciple, you've been a, 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 a child of God for a while, you recognize, you know, that we want God to work in us. We want God to transform us. We see our shortcomings. We see our, the, the things that don't match with who Jesus is and, 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 the, and the heart and the nature and the character of God. And we're like, God, I need some help. I need some transformation. I need some life change. And a lot of times we show up at church and small groups and, and do all these different things, hoping for that. But, and that's a great thing. God wants to be at work in our lives. But he doesn't want to just be at work in our lives. He wants to work through our lives as well. And if we're not conscious of that, we're going to miss part of this. We're going to miss part of why we were created and why we're on this planet and, and breathing oxygen and doing the things God <clears throat> that, that we're supposed to be doing. And we'll miss it. So we've been looking at Ephesians chapter 2. And let's look at that one more time. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Salvation is free. God did it. We believe it. And that is what makes us, makes us right with God. God's work done through Christ, we, we believe it. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. He created us to do some stuff. It's not just to, that there's this, this thing where God's simply at work in us. He wants to be at work through us. That he's prepared some things in advance for us to do. And a lot of times we don't want to do. We just don't want that part. Um, when we, uh, when Cutie and I, we got our second, our second house, um, I tend to gravitate towards houses um, that need some love and have projects and need work. And so I, that's where I, I find myself over and over and over again. And so we were in our second house and, and we were doing projects and I had gotten a, a new saw and this was a new circular saw. I was pumped about it. it. Had a laser man. It was cool. And so it's just a guy toy on top of guy toy. It was awesome. Sorry, some of you ladies, y'all, you like circular saws too. So, so it's just a, a cool person toy after cool person toy. So anyway, so I I had the had the saws working, put in a full Saturday, um, and uh, the job wasn't done. Nobody surprised at that. Um, project unfinished. Surprise. And so um, wore out and done at the end of the day, go to, go to bed. So things aren't done. You just run out of steam, run out of time, and go to bed. 
So I'm laying there in bed, and you hit that place where you're just about asleep. You're just about gone. And that's when your brain decides to grab these random things and slide them through your consciousness. And so, and shoot them through there. And as I'm just about asleep, my saw enters my consciousness. And that it was still in the backyard, exposed to the elements. And so, it, it, was, it was not safe and tucked away where I wanted my precious saw to be. And so, you know, I was there. And I was a minister. And I was doing carpentry work. So, I, was got, I got double Jesus stuff happening right there. <laughs> so, carpentry and ministry. So, man, I, I was like on track. And so I think about my saw, so man, then I'm just like going to do something awesome spiritual here, and I'm just about to sleep, so I pray for my saw. And so, sound like the right thing to do. So I'm about to fall asleep, and I was like, Lord, um, I, I, I need you to just take care of my saw, protect my saw in the backyard. Now, it was in my backyard. It wasn't in like some other person's backyard in another state. It was in my backyard. And um, anyways, but I was tired. And so as I'm just about to fall asleep, I just gently hear the Holy Spirit whisper to me that um, I do what you can't do, not what you won't do. Hmm. So I got some clothes back on. <laughs> walked out my back door, got my saw, put it up, got back in bed and went to sleep. And guess what? My saw was protected. And God helped. And, um, but so many times our prayers are that. Our prayers are throwing things up to God and putting them back in his court when he's clearly empowered us to make a difference. And we're like, God, I need you to respond here. God, I need you to do this for me. God, I need you to do these things. And I find myself doing this on a regular basis. I don't like um, confrontation. I'm not one of these guys that just loves a good argument or a good confrontation. I don't. Um, I like chilling, having a good time, laughing, cutting up. That's what I like. And so, but guess what? I'm a pastor of a church uh, with people in it. And, and people get upset. And there's conflict, like, all the time. And so it's just part of it. And so constantly there are times that there are tough conversations I need to have, different things that happen. And I find myself so many times going, Lord, uh, Lord, I need you to help this person. I need you to make them see that they're stupid. I need you to, to, to help them understand um, that I'm right, um, that they're being immature, and they're being selfish, and they just need to get on board. And um, anyways, and the Holy Spirit will remind me in those moments uh, yet again that he does what I can't do, not what I won't do. Now, I can't change a person's heart, and I can't even convince a person of my own sincerity, but I can have a conversation. I can create an environment that's been prayed through and say, God, I want you to, to, to minister into this moment where pieces of your body are in contact with one another. In fact, the scripture says if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus cleanses us of everything that's not right. But we have to be in contact with one another. And so many times we don't like that. And we're like, we go, God, I need you to deal with this. And we, and we kick things back into God's court. We do this all the time. We do this on so many different fronts. And so where we're praying about different issues and praying about different things. And, you know, we're like, Lord, you know, I, uh, you know I've looked at the checkbook, Lord. I've looked at the bank account, Lord. We need a miracle. 
Lord, we need a miracle, Lord. We need something to, to, to change over here. And, and the Holy Spirit says, budget. You're like, get behind me, Satan. I will not. I am standing for a miracle. I am believing for a miracle. And uh, that's just a work of the flesh. I am not going to get into that budgeting as a work of the flesh. And I'm believing for a miracle here. And the Holy Spirit says, budget. And you're like, but Lord, it's Christmas time. I just want a miracle. You know, I see them all through the scriptures, but there are places where he's equipped us to do with wisdom. And there are things that he's prepared in advance for us to do. But we have to be willing to walk them out. I really believe that there are so many things we go through life and, and we just miss out because there are things we're just unwilling to do because they're going to take faith. It's going to be a little risky. It's going to be a little awkward. We don't feel like I'm not good at that. Guess what? God uses people who aren't good at stuff all the time. All the time he uses people that aren't good at stuff. It's amazing, but we have to be willing to step forward. See, work has been included in God's plan for us from the very beginning. Let's look at Genesis chapter 2. The fall happens in Genesis chapter 3. That's where sin comes in and humanity goes its own way. But Genesis chapter 2 verse 15 says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. To work it and to take care of it. That was part of the, his original design was to work and to be productive and to do things. I think God knew about cities. Heaven is described about as a city, but God did not create a city for Adam and Eve to live in. But you know what he put in Adam and Eve and all of their lineage? The intelligence and the ability to create and to work and to build and to get raw materials and all of the different stuff to be able to, to build a dwelling and to build a house. And to be able to do these different things. God's wired us for these things. To, to go out and do it. And so many times we see work as this curse. Now the, the curse part of it we see in Genesis chapter 3. Is that the earth was going to fight. Is that man was going to have to go by the sweat of his brow. It was going to be something he was going to grind against. And a lot of times it wasn't going to be as life giving. It felt like it was going to be life taking in this producing what was needed for, for life. But Jesus has even restored us from that. And work can now be what we were designed to do. But so many times we just don't want to do it. We want to kick back and binge Netflix and say, God, pay my bills. God, keep me healthy. God, take care of the kids. Have you had a conversation with the kids? No, that I'm on the next episode, Lord. I'm, you know. And so many times we just we put off the stuff that we need to do because we don't want to do it. But there's something that's incredibly satisfying. Whenever we do the work God has called us to do, it's not work. It begins to give us energy. It begins to, to not tap us. It begins to give us life. And so, Keenan, I, I need my, my little, little art over here. So you'll see this next week. Um, if you were around here, we have our, uh, our wonderful sign it says Bemery. <laughs> so I'm not sure what that means, but we have it. It looks festive. And um, anyways, and so we have this, uh, this sign, and, and it's just a chunk of wood, just some planks with some stuff on it. Somebody painted it. Um, you know, you can find it, stuff like this at Marshall's, uh, you know, about 45 bucks or something like that. And you can just go pick it up and, you know, stick it in your house or the foyer or whatnot. And, uh, you know, and it, it, it does the job. Uh, but 
Um, there's another piece of wood I want to show you, babe. And here is this lovely piece of wood, which is much better than this piece of wood. Because my wife made this piece of wood. And uh, this piece of wood, uh, my wife was set aside some time and uh, probably about twice as much money as, as this one. And, and uh, went out and um, showed up at the little local studio here to be able to make this little sign. And, and everything was prepared in advance for her to do. There was the wood. There was the stain. There was the whitewash paint. There was the stenciling and all that. And, uh, and so, but there was something so much more special about this piece of wood than there is about this piece of wood. They're both festive. They're both to help us celebrate the, the, the real reason for the season. But both have the word Mary on it. Um, but the, there's something more special about this one. It's the fact that my wife's time and energy and thought and creativity went into this. She, she picked this shade of green. She picked this shade of red. She decided what stencil was going to be on here. She decided if she was going to paint it all white or, or, or just have the stain. She made the decisions. It, is, it was her own labor that's there. And she was enjoying it and spending time with friend and enjoying the entire evening. Now, it had been much more efficient to take 15 minutes, go into Marshall's, spend less money and grab the sign and stick it up wherever the sign's going to go in our home. But there was something much more satisfying. Got a hold of something that God stamped on the inside of her to be able to create. That's why we have our created to create stations out there. We, and you can see the joy and the energy as the, as the different artists are out there not saying, you know, I didn't, not a single one of them said, I said, do you want to paint? And they didn't say, well, how much are you going to pay me? Nobody said that. Like, absolutely. I can't, you'd want me to paint? Yeah, please do it. And it's just in the joy of creativity. Thank you, babe. This should do a great job. That's a far better piece of art. Keenan, wherever you went. Weston. So, but my point is, is that the, what was extra on that was the work. Was the work. And that was honestly is what has made it so much more personal and so much more satisfying. Colossians chapter 3 says, Whatever you do, work at it heartily for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Whatever you do, work at it with your heart. It's for the Lord and not for men. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, but thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Our labor is not in vain because Jesus has already given us the victory. We're not working for victory. We're working from victory where it's already completed and now we get to just walk it out. We get to walk out what he's prepared in advance for us to do. Folks, our creating should be an expression of our worship. And so many times we see these, these beautiful pieces of, that take all this talent. That take all this talent to be able to do. 
But there's some things that it just takes a willingness and a right heart. And those can be sometimes the most mundane process if done as an act of worship can become this beautiful, glorious thing. We're about to look at a passage of scripture here in Luke chapter 7. Of something that was really simple. That is amazingly beautiful. Luke chapter 7 verse 36. It says, when one of the Pharisees invited Jesus to have dinner with him, he went to the Pharisee's house and he reclined at the table. Now folks, we always hear about the tax collectors and the sinners and the people with bad reputations that Jesus dined at their house. But he dined at the religious leader's house too. Now they needed, they needed a savior too. And so Jesus would go wherever he was invited. So, but this is a Pharisee's house. This is a, a religious leader's house. This isn't somebody whose house is just open to, sinner, to sinners. And then a woman in that town whom li- who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. This lady crashes the party. She's not invited by the Pharisee. She finds out Jesus is there and she just invites herself. She just shows up. In her mind, if Jesus is there, then I'm welcome there. If Jesus is there, it's okay for me to be there. Folks, so many times we we wait too long. We think we feel like we need this open invitation. I'm telling you, God's got his arms open wide. He could not have opened them any wider than the cross. He wants you to come and to be a part. He wants you to be active in this thing. He says, in a, <clears throat> and as she stood behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. And then she wiped them with her hair and raised them and poured perfume on them. She begins to, to just clean his feet. It was normal for them to clean their feet as they went in. That was a normal thing. They come in from, from outside. They walked everywhere. Dust was everything. They would, it was a normal thing for them to wash their feet and clean their feet. And so here Jesus' feet had not yet been cleaned. And this lady does it herself. She cleans his feet. A very mundane, regular, everyday task. It takes no talent. It takes no skill. Every one of us in this room can clean feet. Everybody can. Everybody can clean feet. All it takes is a willingness to do it. So she goes down and she begins to do it. And she doesn't have water. She doesn't do any of that. So her her tears are her water. And she begins to just cry on Jesus' feet and begins to wash it. And she did not think this whole process through. She didn't walk in with a towel. And she just used what she had. And she takes her hair. And she takes her hair and she begins to just clean his feet and take the dust and whatnot. Folks, you and I, you and I, we do it all the time. We have them set up as you walk in. We clean our feet off before we go into the building. It's called a doormat. And this lady was being a human doormat with Jesus and cleaning his feet. And she's sitting there doing that. And then we see the next piece of this encounter says, And when the Pharisee who had invited him saw, invited him in, saw this, He said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who was touching him and what kind of woman she is and that she's a sinner. He doesn't even see that there's a need being met. He doesn't even see that Jesus needs something. All he sees is that this lady has a bad reputation and Jesus shouldn't let him touch her. This woman obviously crashed the party. This is his house. He didn't invite her there. He didn't ask her there. It says, and Jesus answered him, Simon 
I have something to tell you. Now, if you remember, the guy said it to himself. Simon, I have something to tell you. Tell me, teacher. He said, two people owed money to a certain moneylender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Neither of them had the money to pay him back. So he, gave, he forgave the debt to both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt forgiven. You have judged correctly, Jesus said. And then he turned toward the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I came into your house and you did not give me any water for my feet. You didn't even give me water so I could wash my own feet. I didn't ask you to wash my feet. You could have just given me water and I could have washed my own. But you didn't even go that far. You didn't even give me water so I could wash my own feet. But she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss. But this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she perfumed my, <clears throat> poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven as her great love has shown. But whoever has forgiven little loves little. And then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. And the other guests began to say among themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Go in peace. Your faith, she dared to believe she could be where Jesus was. She dared to believe that, that just that, that simple act of service was meaningful. I love how, what Matthew includes in here. And Matthew includes in his account of this story in Matthew 26, 13. Jesus says, I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Here's a woman who did something anybody could do. Anybody could do, just wash them feet. And Jesus says, wherever the gospel's told, this story of her is going to be told. And guess what? Here we are, 2,000 years later, thousands of miles away. We're talking about Jesus, and we're talking about the simple act of worship. The simple act of coming in and, and washing his feet. So many times we feel like maybe life went a certain direction, and maybe I began to use my life in a certain way, and, and maybe that somehow discounted Maybe that somehow discounted me. The Pharisee tried to discount this lady and said she can't add anything to Jesus' story because she's already jacked up her own story too much. And she's like, nope. In fact, her story is now going to be paralleled with mine forever. Her story is intertwined with mine. Wherever my story is told, her story is going to be told too. The Pharisee said that her story had no, had no belonging there. And Jesus said, nope, we're now interwoven. And we have to be willing and to recognize and, and see that God is still in the place of changing people's hearts and doing things, making things different. Just because somebody used their gift in an unhealthy way doesn't mean that it's trashed forever. We're about to hear a song in just a minute. And, and this song was uh, the first song released in five years by this artist. Now you go and you look on uh, your um, Apple Music, and, and you look on this, and you pull this artist up, and you'll see all her original early stuff um, has the little explicit lyrics on it. She's not played on K-Love. Um, this is not, that was not her music. Um, but she went through a, a place where she contracted Lyme's disease, the disease you get through from a, a tick bite. And she got to a place where it was had so racked her body that she thought she was going to die. 
and she is in this place. Her mother is holding her. She feels like she's going to die. And then an article with Rolling Stone magazine, she said, it felt like, like life was leaving my body. And I just began to cry out to God. I just began to cry out to God. Lord, don't let me drown. Keep my head above water. Lord, don't, don't let me drown. And she's just crying out to God in these different things. And, and then as she begins to, to walk out of healing and, and begin to be in recovery, be fully recovered and ready to make music again part of her original prayer part of what she originally prayed in her darkest moment was she felt like she was drowning in her own fluids in her lungs and she cries out these these words are not metaphors she really felt like she was drowning when she prayed this out and then as now coming out of that the first song she wanted released was a song declaring her confidence in God Two of our very own, Meg Levesque and uh, Braden Jowers, did uh, uh, an um, amazing job with that. And but what a beautiful song. And what a powerful voice. And uh, she'd taken her gift. She was, Avril Lavigne is created to create like all of us. All of us created the image of God. And, and maybe she used her gift and wrote some lyrics and did some stuff that maybe weren't life-giving. But praise God in her moment, she knew that she could turn to God and, and that God was faithful, was faithful. One of my favorite, favorite lyrics in that is that my, my voice becomes the driving force. And at some point, that's the way this goes, is that as we begin to walk this out with God, our, our voice, as we begin to, to connect with God, begin to declare his faithfulness, declare his goodness, declare who he is and what he's done in our lives, our voice becomes that driving force. As we close, I want us to look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. It says, we always thank God for all of you and continually mention you in our prayers. We remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, as we begin to step into everything where we were created to create, it's going to create our work, labor, and endurance. It's going to. But we do it. Do it that from a place of faith, hope, and love. That is where we do it from. That is what inspires us. That's what keeps us moving forward. That's what this is completely about. Folks, our next step, our next step is to turn your work into worship. If the act of cleaning Jesus' feet just taking some dust off can be one of the most beautiful acts of service. Folks, I, I think any act of service for humanity can be this beautiful act of worship. <clears throat> I think we can, have the, 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 we can have mechanics that help people and that be able to do what they're called to do and fix cars and bring glory to God. I, I think we can... Have people who, who build structures and, and teach students and, 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 and cook meals and all of these different things that we can call them mundane and ordinary. There's nothing more ordinary than a, than a doormat. But there was a doormat that brought glory to Jesus. Folks, you and I, we can give glory to God in all, in all that we do. Folks, our bottom line is that the work of art... The work, the labor of art 
reveals the artist at work. Reveals that God, God is here. He is involved. And folks, if we would just dare to believe that, dare to believe that there really are things God has set before us to do. And yeah, it's going to take some labor. It's going to take some risks. It's going to take some being uncomfortable at times. But God meets us. And he does the things we can't do if we'll step up and do the things he's prepared for us to do. So you and I, we were created in the image of a loving creator to be an active part of his recreation. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.